let's just get straight into it. Um, so obviously, Cam and I had uh, a recent podcast on personal development, um, and we've learned a lot of things, and obviously, like top tips and growing up and how things that I guess young people can benefit like from you guys from your experience um so we're going to do it slightly different uh it's more personal more like you know like things that you learn about yourself in quarantine with your, with your family um friends whether that's relationships um but before we get into that I just quickly want you guys to introduce to yourself to our audience who you are what you do that's okay yeah, absolutely. I'll go first. Thank you, Kia. Uh, my name is Nadim. Um, I don't know how far back you want me to go uh, to give my age away as well. <laughs> so um, I studied physics at university. Um, and then after that, I became a chartered accountant at the age of 22. Um, and I had a fascination for businesses. So then I set up several businesses, uh, some in the cleaning, restaurants, cafes, my own accountancy firm as well. I worked in a few FTSE 100 companies as well. So, um, without naming them, but famous fried chicken, you know, I'm sure that would go away. <laughs> I do love my fried chicken as well. So I learned a lot from that. Uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm currently uh, into a lot of charity work as well. And yeah, running my own businesses. Um, and I've met most of the people on this call via personal development, which has been awesome. Thank you. Brilliant. Um, hi, yeah, so my name's Jag. And um, so I'm yeah, it's like Nadine said, how far back do you go, right? Um, so I'm 43 now. And um, so I did definitely probably say I started my personal development journey later in my 30s, like my late 30s. Um, but ultimately, school was school. Found it pretty average. Didn't really aspire to be anything, to be fair. And that was probably what, that's still one of my bug bites that I don't think that you really feel prepared when you're in high school. And so went to college, not really aspiring to be anything. Um, except for um, get away from home sort of thing at the time I just didn't want to live at home anymore and um, girls my age um, from my background were getting married quite young as well so most of my friends were married by the time they were 20 so it wasn't something I was interested in I wasn't interested in getting married so um, I did want to go to uni just to leave home <laughs> so there was real no there was real no uh, there was really no aspiration to become something. Um, however, I did one of these um, courses at college, not courses, like a test. And um, it highlighted what sector you would be good at and kind of like made some suggestions for some degrees. And I actually got 100% for construction. So that was really bizarre, right? Because I actually come from a construction background. But like, obviously, there was, I had no intention of ever going into construction, but I got like 100% in that area. And so when I did go to uni, I did um, construction management and um, so it, that was the first of being in an environment where I wasn't completely surrounded by my community which was very Indian orientated. I'm suddenly in a classroom, I'm the only female and there's all like every kind of background in the classroom. So it was really um, an amazing experience because it was just something I fell into mm -hmm. and then I went into construction. So I've been in construction for 18 years and um, I've been working in my own business for four years. I'm doing health and safety in construction now, so I decided to specialise. And then, then I started doing some personal development a few years ago, say when I was about 38. Yeah, so for the last sort of four years, it's been business development as well as personal development. I'd say I probably started with the business development first because I wanted to work for myself. And I think it's when you start your own business um, that you start realising just how much work there is to do on yourself because you are the one who's running your business. You're not an employee anymore. Like there's so much more onus on who are you being in your business. And so I actually found that led to me wanting to develop myself more. And then that's led to coaching. That's led to helping younger people. Um, yeah. So there's coaching there as well. Yeah. So there's some, so that's my background coaching. And then I'm also a mum. I've got a 10 year old and um, she's looking at me funny right now. Where are the glasses? I don't know where they are. Just take mine if you want. <laughs> so they're going for a bike ride now. And, um, so yeah, I've got a ten-year-old daughter, husband, and we're yeah in isolation right now. <laughs> How are you guys coping with that? Like yeah, it's going really well. To be fair, like it's been what it's been about a month now, and the good thing is because my husband's still working from home, so he just kind of like takes one room. Then my daughter's doing her homeschooling, so between me and her, we kind of like share rooms. 
So she's got like her room and then we've got the living room and we've kind of like just created our own space within the house. So we're not actually trying to be one of these families that are trying to be together all the time. Cause I, I know some people are doing that, but like we still have our morning, like breakfast time together and then evenings together mm. and maybe lunch together. But generally we've got our own things to do. So we've just given each other space to do that. And that's been working really well. And then we'll have family walks. We'll have our own walks. <laughs> we'll definitely make sure we have our own walks as well. So then that just gives us space to kind of like, yeah, I think we've um, been balancing really well, actually. Yeah. That's really good. How about you, Nadine? Yeah, so um, I said it's been very interesting. Um, apart from the actual virus, I've actually really enjoyed it because I've had all that admin stuff in my life that I've always wanted to do that I've been able to actually finally get rid of. Uh, another thing is as well was two days ago it was the start of Ramadan as well so it's when Muslims start fasting and you know I was thinking to myself how am I going to cope with that you know like uh, usually it's, it's a very community activity we go to the mosque we're with families and, and, and everything um, however as one of my uncles actually that reminded me and he said you know back in the day the prophets peace be upon them all would actually self-isolate in uh, special times like this. So you, it's actually a really good opportunity for you to actually reflect and be in self-isolation. I thought, actually, that's fantastic, man, so true. And that's what I've been doing as well. Um, to keep myself busy, when it's not with spirituality, I've been launching my delivery business. So in one of my cafes, rather than, you know, people coming to my cafe, I'm like, why don't we bring the cafe to them? So we've been busy with that. It's been a bit of a slow start. However, the model works, you know, it's, and all I need to know is what's missing is, is just the target audience. You know, I just need to branch out now to as many people as possible. So yeah, it's, it's, I've actually really enjoyed it in all honesty. Um, and I've been, yeah, really busy with it. Thank you. Cause I know that, um, obviously at this time, Corona is, it's difficult for some people, you know, like whether that's with your family, your kids or your, like your partners, it, it's a struggle for some people. So I would just like to ask, like, in terms of, as you guys have done, like, personal growth, like, what advice would you give those to our listeners who, you know, need some, like, guidance on that and how to, like, cope with that? Yeah, I would, um, I'll give a bit of advice. It's, A, we've got to look at um, what's actually changed. And second of all is everyone is actually in the same boat here, if you really think about it. So pretty much... 80% of my businesses have shut down completely now obviously I could be in a state of panic I could be like oh no what about my staff and and all that kind of stuff however I've got to appreciate that there's much bigger organizations who are going through the exact same thing right there's this loads of big brand names out there that are dealing with the same stuff so it's really a reminding that to myself and my staff as well that this is a global pandemic you know it's not like just we are actually struggling so we're all in it together uh, second of all is what's actually changed. So if I look about it myself, is I'm eating, if anything, I'm actually eating healthier, right? I'm, I'm more cos- conscious about my actual health as well. I'm connecting more, like for the first time, I actually had a Zoom call with all my siblings. We've never done that before, you know? So if I actually look at what's actually happening, is uh, there's actually quite a lot of good that's actually coming out of this, which is which is incredible. So rather than thinking about what's going to happen in six months, what's going to happen in a year, what's going to happen with my job, we just got to look at what's happening right now. You know, you're supposed to spending more time with your family, maybe going out for like walk in the park. Jag's got her, her daughter and um, her husband going out for a bike ride. Who knows? Some people probably never actually got that opportunity. We were too busy with work. So that's the advice that I would, I would personally give. Um, yeah, I agree with a lot of points that Nadine made actually as well, because yeah, same thing with our, like my, my mum and dad are highly vulnerable, so they're not allowed to leave the house and they actually live separately. My brother and my sisters live up north um, and we're kind of like in the middle sort of thing. We're like in Bedford, they're in London, my family's in Manchester. And so um, we've had a lot of people like, oh my God, like you're all so far apart, you can't be together. We're like, yeah, but we're in isolation. <laughs> it doesn't really matter anyway. Um, so what's been amazing is that we've had Zoom parties, you know, like we've been playing, we've played charades for three hours last night. So it was me, my husband, my daughter, my mum, my dad, my sister, my other sister, her husband. Like it was just like, it was pure jokes, right? And we were, we had a birthday party on Zoom, my husband's birthday, and it was just full of amazing acknowledgements. And um, 
we, we've started doing a weekly prayer. Like we never used to go to the temple together on Sunday because we all live apart, right? So now because we can't go to the temple, we actually pray together on a Sunday. Every Sunday, for the last three weeks now, we, every Sunday we've actually got together and we've done prayers together as well, which we never got to do before. And it's so beautiful. Like I actually feel like the communication we have now is so much more meaningful. And like I actually feel like we're more connected, even though we're not together. If that makes sense. Um, so I think it's just um, you start appreciating your relationships more and um, especially with people have been passing away you kind of like don't want to have that regret where like you didn't make the most of them actually being alive like you know this is the opportunity if you want to acknowledge people if you want to tell them you love them now is the time to do it like don't wait to like when you can actually physically see them um, we have so many you know we're really really blessed with so much technology that actually allows us to still connect with each other and just doing it through these video calls actually like surprisingly still makes you still feel like you're in the same space mm -hmm. so i'd say from a families and relationships point of view i think technology has been huge on making sure people have been able to stay connected yeah so i think that's really helped for even people like my mom luckily we had set her up because my mom started doing personal growth as well mm -hmm. <laughs> so she actually did she did like um uh, the landmark forum like six weeks ago so because of that she was actually doing weekly zoom calls so she was already set up so it was so awesome like we didn't even have to set my parents up on it um so they already set up for it so i think yeah i think technology has been a, such a blessing in this time we could have been in the war where there would have been nothing you know we would have been stuck in our houses that's the last time we were isolated in the same way so yeah really really feel a lot of gratitude that we can still connect with people yeah thank you how about you camilla um with me i, I kind of resonate with with both nadim and jag like it's been obviously apart from the death that's happening i've really taken this on as an opportunity to really firstly be with myself and do things like this like podcasts and have these amazing conversations and also connect with my family again like we had never all been on a zoom call and we celebrated my cousin's baby my niece um her second birthday and it was just so fun like getting everybody on and singing along and having karaoke and just celebrating her birthday and it just felt like we were all together we, we all made cakes so we uh, like my mom and i made a cake my cousins made a cake in my uncle's house they made cakes like it was just really fun um and really just being creative so i think this is something that i've shared with, with you here it's just being creative like I never really had time for it it wasn't something that I would ever had made time for because we live such busy lives um and I've really enjoyed it I really enjoy drawing and painting I'm not an artist by any means but I've taken it on as an artist and it's been so cool like I have a whole setup in a corner with a table so I bought another table to put on top of my main table because I like to stand up um because a lot of the work that I do, I'm still working, is on the laptop. Um, and I've just created this whole space of being creative. And yeah, I've been more healthier. Um, I've been like eating a lot better, exercising a lot more than when I wasn't in quarantine. So I'm just trying to take it all in. Thank so, you. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so as I said, we had a, another podcast before this one on personal development. And we touched on like you know elements of success so i just want to quickly get like nadim and jag your perspective on what su success means to you yeah that's that's a that's a great question kia um that's something that i've been grappling with since birth <laughs> what is success <laughs> and um i remember when so for me when i used to do the typical nine to five jobs as it were I knew it just wasn't for me. They're great jobs, don't get me wrong. And I worked for some of the best companies. However, for me, I was just like, I don't feel successful right now. And, you know, as especially if you're in the finance sector, the money starts going up, you can become, you know, financial director and even become MD and, and things like that. However, I thought for me, my criteria really isn't about money, right? And I knew for some people, it was that. It really was about how much money that they earned was how successful they were. For me, it was about my peace of mind. You know, if I could at any moment in life just stop and just think and be like, 
am I at peace right now? And am I really grateful for, you know, what God has, has given me? Then I would say I'm, I'm the most successful guy in the world, you know? And, you know, I, I used to get very conflicted as well when I would see people with like really big houses, really nice cars. Um, maybe even they've got, you know, in a really nice relationship. Sometimes a bit of jealousy starts coming in. And then I'm like, what is actually success? Are they more successful than myself? However, one thing that I have learned, and look, I'm, I'm still quite young, you know, it's, I've got a, hopefully a very long life ahead. Um, but one thing that I can definitely share is I would say, uh, for me, success is peace of mind, you know, and how is your relationship with, with your family? You can have all the money in the world, but, you know, if your mom hates you, then I would just say you, you're probably not very successful, <laughs> you know, um, and things like that. And, you know, you could, yeah, you could um you could be on the front page of time magazine but if you come home and your wife's annoyed at you i would say that guy's probably not very successful but you could have someone that's pretty much just about making their bills and everything but they come home to a loving family you know and the kids just like jump on them and their wife just wants to speak to them and is very understanding she might know that actually her husband's had a long day as well so she gives him this personal space as well and however the love is still there and the connection is there you know that i would say someone's made it in life they're super successful I love that question as well. Um, so because like, so I'm probably the, the older one in this group. Yeah. So three. but in my twenties, um, so when I started my career, it was all about, I really was just trying to prove that I was good enough in what I was doing. So I went in a very male dominated industry. And so um, it was continually trying to meet certain expectations, meet certain goals, um, make sure the project ended up on time with really good quality no accidents, things like that. I was on the ground, like I was part of the whole, like building this, the jobs. And I was getting a, back, a lot of, what do you know, you're a girl and all that kind of stuff. So I had to really deal with that. So my experience of when I first went into my career was I've got to prove that I'm good enough. And to be fair, that was really exhausting um, because there was a part of me that just always just was looking for that acceptance that yeah okay i am good enough to be in this industry and so there, i was really thriving i was doing really great so i really maximized my opportunities while i was in the construction industry doing my site manager project manager things like that however like like i said it was coming from a space of just trying to be good enough so it never felt enough like you know so you just didn't feel like you were being successful in any way it was just like have i made it yet is it doing well now like what do I do next? Like you kind of like just felt like you were just trying to get to the next thing. You were just not being present in the moment and just appreciating. Wow. Like I, like when I look back at my career now, there's so much to acknowledge, but during that time I wasn't even being able to acknowledge it because I was just trying to get to the next step and just not acknowledging how far I'd come and how much I had done. I can acknowledge that now with a bit of peace. But at that time I wasn't in that space where I could do that. And then when I started working for myself, so I started working for myself about five years ago. And the reason why I left my employed job, a little bit like what Nadine was saying, like you could just tell when you, it's not really for you. Um, there was no satisfaction in, in being employed. And I really didn't feel like I was being able to capture who I wanted to be as an employee for somebody else because I was trying to fit the role that they had created for me. So it almost felt like I had to be what they wanted me to be. I couldn't actually be who I wanted to be. So one of the reasons why then I did leave was like, look, I, I told them blatantly, like, look, I want my freedom. I want choice. I want to be able to spend time with my family when I want to spend time with my family. And I want to be able to work when I want to work. So I, my real reasons were money. Like Nadine said, it's not about the money. Um, for me, it was like just having that freedom to be able to express myself because I felt like I got so suppressed over the years being an employee. Like I didn't even know who I was anymore. Like I kind of like, and that's where the personal development then also started because I wanted to know who am I? Like, why am I doing what I've been doing? Where do I want to go next? You know, I think a good way to know if you're successful now, what, how I look at it, it's a bit different, is am I living in my values? right so for me there's someone called dr Do dr john d martina i don't know if you know who he is but he does something called the values determinator and i did his course like about four years ago as well right and i was funny enough i was just matching my results from two years ago and they're so different like just from two years ago like my values have changed compared to right now i've never feel felt more 
successful. And it's not because I have more money at all. It's because I'm living in my top value. So my top value is my daughter. So if I'm doing anything to do with my princess, if I'm doing anything to do with her, I'm like on top of the world. Like I'm the most successful person on the planet, you know? Um, we summited a mountain last year. We summited Kilimanjaro. She was nine. She wanted to climb it. I did not want to summit. I did not want to climb Kilimanjaro, but she wanted to do it. And I didn't want to be that mum who was saying, you can't do it. And I was, I, for about a year, I was like, you can't do it. You're too little. <laughs> you know, you can't do it. You're too small. Like, we don't do that. We're Indian. We don't climb mountains. Like, we're from the UK. Like, there were so many bizarre things that were, I had the most ridiculous reasons. Um, which, stuff, you know, I think a lot of people would have disagreed with me, to be honest. <laughs> um, having gone through what my experience was, and a lot of my experience was being told that I couldn't do it. And I didn't, I was like, if I'm, I'm just going to do the same to her if I'm just like, you can't do it. So, um, so her being my top value, I said yes. And I had to become fitter. I had to train for it. We trained for eight months. You know, I'd never camped before. I'd never been in a tent before. I spent seven nights, like my first night in a tent was on Mount Kilimanjaro. <laughs> Like I'd never even camped before. I'd never done anything like that before in my life, right? And I did all that because of my daughter, right? Because she's my top value. And um, so, yeah, I think for me, my top values are family, being a contribution, my daughter. And I'm getting to do all three of those things so abundantly right now. Um, and that, to me, is like being successful when you're living in your true values, whatever they are, whatever you really value in your life. If you're actually getting to do those things, then I think they're successful. Can I just add something that's, that you reminded me? Is that all right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, something that, um, Jack, that you reminded me is, um, we, especially myself, I might be painting a picture where like, oh, having your own business is so much cooler. You can get to do your own thing, this, that, and the other. One thing that I forgot to mention is that I was, I was married for seven years and uh, that marriage came to an end about two years ago. And I remember when I first had my businesses, I would, uh, I would also be investing as well and, and all sorts of stuff. We would land and it, we would go on like five star like holidays, right? We would land in Dubai. The next stop was going to be like Japan and I'll just be on my phone. I'd land in Singapore and I'm just on my phone. I'm on my laptop. And my wife said, what are you doing? So I would say another measure of success is being present. And it really wasn't about, yeah, fine. I'm my own boss. I'm making my own money and things like that. I was so not present. And then when she said, look, I can't see a future with you. I totally get it. And back then I was just like, I don't know what you mean by it. You know, like I provide for you, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not cheating on you, you know, like um, Islamically I'm, I'm, I'm not like left the fold. Like, I don't understand it. I don't get it. Like, what do you mean? You don't see a future with me. You haven't even seen the future. But now I get it. Presence was key. That's one thing that was missing. When I really got that as well, it opened up everywhere in my life. Even just being present with my business partners, with my family, just being present everywhere. If you can be present, I would say you're, you're doing very well. But yeah, I just wanted to add that in as well. Thank you. Thank you very much, both of you. Um, I just want to touch on how, like, for us, I don't know about Cami, but I feel like at our age, 20s, and what you guys said growing up, the pressure of having it all or frigging yourself out. Um, and I guess you guys felt at some point that you didn't feel like you had, like, a sense of guidance or preparation in terms of what life's going to be like now mm. for you guys and when it comes to... Um, you know, like family, but most importantly, investing, investing in yourself, but in other things. Um, so just based on your life, like what things have you invested in, whether that's to do with like finance, like for a better position in life, for your family in the future, and just yourself? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And I wish I listened to this podcast um, uh, when I was in my early 20s, because uh, I'm about to give some, some gems right now. So... <laughs> yeah look so one thing i would uh 100 is uh is say i would say is investing companies right this is a thing that's been going on for hundreds of years okay it's not a new thing it's not like this is just something that's come about where people have been investing people have been investing with other people since people had businesses right oh you've got a business let me have half of the share of it now it's so simple. You can literally just do it on your phone, right? You could just say, you know what? I want to share in Amazon and you can just buy yourself a share if you wish, you know? And there's so many ways of buying it as well. You don't even have to physically own the stock anymore. 
you could do something called a CFD, where it's like a virtual one and it, it moves in line with it. It's just, it's just, it's your sport for choice. If I could give my advice to someone in the 20s, I would say pick at least 20 to 30 companies in a completely different sectors. Okay, so don't just, everyone might think right now there's a bandwagon going for tech companies, you know, like the fan groups. So you've got Facebook, Apple, Adobe, and uh, Netflix and all that. I would say, yeah, that's great. But look, we don't know what's going to happen in five years time. This oil is a great um, businesses as well. You've got the catering business. You've got loads. So I would say pick 20 to 30. Really research it. You know, really go to town, find that out, go to these subscriptions. You know, there's loads of like shared advisory websites out there. Spend some money in that because that's the initial investment. Some people might think, oh, it's like a 99 US dollars for like a whole year subscription. Like, you, dude, like they're literally giving you everything on a plate, right? Unless you know your financial statements as good as a chartered accountant, you ain't going to know how good a company's doing. But these guys will tell you that. So that's the first step is an invest in that. So I would say subscribe to them. Don't go crazy and start subscribing to all of them. Because you've got to know your limits as well. Like if you subscribe to five of them, for example, are you really going to go through all five of them? Probably not. You know, like myself, I actually only subscribe to one. And the rest, I, I, I do it myself. So like one company that I actually invested in was Zoom itself. Um, this was actually back in December. Because I was like, this is a great company. People can be connecting. I didn't even know coronavirus, what was going to happen. Next thing this corona happens and like it just goes up like crazy. However, you know, I make some wrong trades, uh, such as luck in coffee which is a Chinese brand and they're known as fraud. So my shares went from like literally 100% down to zero, right? It's now you can't even trade it. But then you've got Zoom has gone up 84%. It's crazy, you know? So things just balance out. My biggest advice to people is, this is why I have 20 to 30 companies. That's my biggest advice. What and how to do it is key. The way to do it is invest regularly, right? So what I would say to myself is, have a set amount of your, of your salary or whatever money that you get and just invest in it, okay? And, and pop it in and then leave it. Don't worry about it. This is your long-term goal. This is, I'm talking about 20, 30, 40, 50 year plan for you. If you're in your 20s and you're looking to retire in your 60s, if you do this right, this will actually make you millions, right? And so it just, for example, you make money and let's just say you can, you can spare 150 pounds a month of your salary, pop that into your shares, okay? If you can, uh, if you can spread it evenly, even better. If not, maybe you just, keep investing in into one share so that every two years you've got you know you've, you've bought all of your 30 shares right roughly keep doing that and just don't worry about it okay recessions come depressions come corrections come and they go okay like if you look at about a recession it lasts about 18 months okay uh, if you guys remember in 2008 when it happened it was it was just an absolute nightmare now you look at it it's completely recovered you know and now another tip i would advise as well is see which companies give you dividends so a dividend is basically a company that you invest inside it and they will say, you know what, we'll give 6% of our profits back to you. So depending on how much uh, shares that you own, they'll give that back. And the key thing is here is actually compound, right? Is, is as it starts growing year on year, that dividends, I would just say reinvest it. You know, the power, you know, what? I'm going to do a quick thing right now for people, right? Let's just do a bit of a, a, bit of a quiz. If I had one pound, mm -hmm. right? And I was to double that, Okay, every, um, every day, how many days will I have a million pounds? Just everyone just give me a random, random guess right now. What do you think here? Yeah, I've done that exercise before, I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We, we, we've done it. We always forget the power of compound, yeah. right? Yeah, we always forget it. 100 days. Okay, 100 days. Yeah, great. Good, good. Key, what do you think? I'll give you one pound, I say every day, just, just double it. In how many days will you have a million pounds? I don't know. Let's just say right. 10 days. I think it's going to be quick. Yeah. Okay. 10 days. Yeah. Jag. Uh, I don't even know myself. We're going to do this together. Yeah. But it's just going to be. <laughs> also, yeah. Like a hundred days. hundred days. Okay. Sure. Because we've got, we've got a mix there. So look, let's do it. One. So that this is day one. It's two, three, Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one. That's it. So you see that twenty-one days. Pretty much, if you think about it, on the twenty-first day, you've hit a million, right? And that was just about like kind of just just doubling it. So that's crazy, right? It's um, and yeah, I just did that in front of you guys. So it just shows you the power of compound. And that's what I really want people to get. 
is when you're young and you, you put that seed of investment as it starts, you know, starts growing, it's not going to start growing obviously double every day and stuff. Um, but can you imagine if it just doubles every three years? Yeah. So that means basically in 21 years, you've got a million, for example, do you see what I'm saying? I'm just trying to get the proportions into people's minds right now. So that would be the biggest, um, uh, advice I would give. Another thing is I would say, invest in your time. Don't worry about doing different things. Okay. So for example, if there's a volunteering opportunity, do it, you know, for example, Jag and her, um, and her daughter did Kilimanjaro for her kid. That's amazing. That's a lifetime experience that she's never like most kids aren't going to be able to do that, but it's, it, it's opened up so much access to so many different things, even just living rough, for example, and yeah. just grafting is, is an amazing ability. You know, my staff come inside and they're like, Oh, well, we can't do this. No problem. Roll up your sleeves. And I'm in there. You know, it's just like, I'm used to this and no job is going to go to waste. Even if you think you're just like stocking shelves and stuff, you get to know how, for example, these big supermarkets work in the background. You know, how does a stock take, take place and all that kind of stuff. You know, you're not literally just physically stocking something. So I would say invest in your time, do different things, volunteer as much as you can. You know, every single summer holiday, I would say I probably only wasted one summer holiday where literally I just did nothing. But pretty much since university, I was volunteering. I was out there. I did like Camp America for, for one thing. I did an internship at a really big uh, firm the other time. And that, I would say, um, if I was to give advice to, to the 20-year-olds right now, carry on doing that, you know? Thanks for that, Nadim. I've yes. taken that on. <laughs> <laughs> we always take it on. It's always a learning thing. <laughs> so it was really funny because so, um, so growing up, um, dealing with finances was something I didn't do. I, and I still have to really be held accountable for dealing with my finances even now because um, it's not something we learned at school. My parents didn't discuss finances with us. Um, no one did until we started working. So I was like 15 and a half when I started working. I started working in a factory. I was doing packing. I was like packing records. Um, so I was doing like packing records and packing stuff for a few years. And then when I went to uni, I started working as a security guard. And I was doing 12-hour shifts as a security guard, which was fantastic at uni because you could do quite a lot of, like a, sh a, a large amount in a short period of time. <clears throat> and I did that for a few years, which gave me really, really good experience because I did really long hours, but I got to really experience um different people, different industries, but um, I never really got my head around money. So I learned about starting to save it, but never investing it. Because the whole investing thing was just a bit too scary. And even in my family, no one invested in anything. So it just, I used to just save, 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 right? And I remember when we were going for a mortgage, my husband had like a good credit rating and he had loads of credit cards and everything like that, but he was very sensible with them and they were all paid off and they were used sensibly. I didn't have any credit cards and my credit rating was like really low. And I was like, what the hell? I'm like, I've got all these savings and they're giving me a, a low rating, which impacted our mortgage rate. Right. And I was so annoyed <laughs> because I was just like, yeah, but I'm a good person. I save my money. <laughs> like, so, I think um, one of the, what I would definitely agree with Nadim is like learn more about investing, learn more about financial education per se, like just full stop to generally start understanding money. Like, so this is a book that I've got here called The Latte Factor by uh, David Bax. And so this is kind of like the dummy's guide for investing really. <laughs> but my daughter actually started reading this and she's like, so mommy, if you give me five pounds a day, I can have like a million pound in about 30 years or something. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> so, she, so she's only 10. But what I've been doing with, um, so I would say as soon as you can start teaching or learning. So for me, like my daughter for the last couple of years, because I've been trying to get more educated on it myself as an adult, I wanted her to be more comfortable with money as well. Not think that there's a there's a taboo around money. We don't talk about money and things like that. What I really find is that a lot of kids or the younger generation kind of like, like my, I think there's a, there's a, there's a like not wanting to do the graft. Like Nadine was saying, there is a certain amount of graft that I think the young generation can easily miss out on and not realize it actually helps you. And so with princess, whenever like last year, she, Someone gave her 20 quid. She lost, she lost it. She was so upset. And then she's like, oh my God. The first thing she said was, I'm going to make it back. By the end of the day, she made 60 pounds. 
right? And that day we had loads of family over and she kept on saying to, she said to my dad, okay, you know, I need to make some money. Um, what do you want? What can I do so you can give me some money? And she didn't just ask for money. She actually said, what can I do in exchange for some money? And I'm like super proud of that because like, you know, that's, that's kind of like the way it should be. She shouldn't just be expected to, you know, she's an only child, she's the only grandchild. Trust me, she's really spoiled. <laughs> um, and that's where we do have to be careful because she does get given everything, but then at the same time, teaching them the value of being able to create their own wealth is priceless, you know? And so she, she actually made 60 quid <laughs> at the end of that day. So I think, you know, just like be curious about how can I make money? And it's really great to have that kind of like attitude towards it when you're younger, instead of just thinking, I've got to have a job. The only way I can do this is if I have a job, right? Which is kind of like the traditional way, like definitely that's how I was brought up. I think the more you can just educate around it, the more you can look at opportunities and just look at what you love doing and how can you actually create from that space? Like there's nothing stopping you from creating from what you love doing and also having passive income through investing and you know like this like you don't just have to have one job like at the moment i do coaching i do photography i still work in construction you know like there's just i wear multiple hats now whereas before i think we grew up i'm like definitely that you just have one job for life so, yeah. i just uh add on to that because you always inspire me whenever you talk <laughs> one thing that i've noticed is we're just professional hustlers yeah. <laughs> if someone else wants, what are you guys? Yeah. I'm just a professional hustler. I buy stuff and I sell it, right? And that's it. I don't rip people off. And, and I'm proud to say that. And even like yourself, you know, like you've got passions in like multiple yeah. things, you know? And then that's it. And you just pass that knowledge on, like you're coaching, you just pass it on. Yeah. And that's one thing I would say as well in, the, in your 20s is just start learning how to hustle every day, mm. you know, and just be a professional hustler every single day. All right. What can I buy? What can I sell? Obviously, yeah. do everything with integrity, everything with obviously legal, everything has got to be very ethical. And that's it. And like you said, that's so inspirational to the 20 year olds. And I just want to really highlight what wisdom you've just given there is have multiple income streams. Yeah. Try it. It'll yeah. work. It'll fail. I was trying day trading like during uh, the beginning of um, lockdown. I, I, I failed miserably. Doesn't matter. Next. You know, it's not my thing. Yeah. It doesn't involve much leadership. It doesn't involve people. It just involves me in isolation. Involves yep. me staring at a screen for like seven hours. I was like, this is not for me. You know, this yeah. doesn't work. You know, like I'm, I'm, I'm a people's kind of guy. Okay, cool. I've learned that about myself, you know? Yeah, cool. I lost quite a bit, you know? However, like it, money, look, it's just, it just comes and goes, you know? It was, again, it was just a, a form of investment, you know? And if it worked out, great, you know? However, I'm so much more passionate now about my businesses. I know that actually I'm a people's guy, you know? And that's what I need to carry on. And it's the energy that you bring to it as well, mm. right? So it is the energy as well. So like when you come from a space of scarcity and you're thinking, yeah. oh, I've got to try and make the maximum amount from this one thing. Yeah. Then you start getting into fear. You get into like, oh, what if this doesn't work? And then you actually get into doubt. And then you actually probably don't even do what you should do. Exactly. Right? So like, it's just, there is multiple opportunity. It is hustling. It is trial and error. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, when I started my business, I didn't even have an idea. I literally, I, qu I quit my job. <laughs> and like for about a month I was like like what am I gonna do now why did I do that right but I knew what I want I, I knew who I wanted to be and I knew what I wanted to what would make me feel fulfilled I think that's the main thing and from that space I started creating and my whole business was around people I didn't have a web I still don't have a website right I'm gonna do one now for my photography business because that's more visual um, but even that I really want it to remain a business that's about people but with construction, it was all about people. It was about me phoning people. It was about me getting in touch with people. It was me connecting with people, then people telling other people. And my whole business for four and a half years has been based on communicating with other people. Even with my photography, um, I'm going into business brand photography. And that's about you know, established businesses who haven't, told, who haven't shared their story, but they're sharing products, but they're not sharing who they are. Especially during lockdown, I think people have got more connected to who's behind the product, like who did what, how long, like, you know, who are they, who are we dealing with? And I think there's a lot more um, connectedness that's been, grow like, that's been grown over this period of time. I just want to highlight one point that you made, Jag, was uh, establishing a brand. Now, yeah. that's one thing I would say to people in their 20s, don't worry about the money, right? Yeah. If you start off in your early 20s and you establish a brand, however it is, right, like 
especially 20 year olds are way more creative than, than I am right now. Mm. You somehow do a brand. I don't know. You, you talk about your own thing. You could yeah. maybe sell it, maybe not sell it, whatever. Can you imagine by the time you're 30, right? And you've got all so much more experience, but you've got about a million people that follow you. It could yeah. be right Instagram. It could be non-Instagram related. Yeah. You just people in the, in the, right. So like my thing was, was, um, is Shisha is one of my specialities, right? I established a brand ooh, probably about six, seven years ago. Didn't make a lot of money, but people were aware of it. It's like selling a few things, quite innovative as well. Like I said, it wasn't making much money. Break even, maybe even loss. And I just told my business partner, look, a brand is key right now. I didn't even know where, where this came from, but I was like, look, like it was more about almost having like power and control. And be like, yeah. can you imagine if we come up and we say, look, we're from Flair Shisha Limited. People are like, oh my God, you those guys. Yeah, I've got, I've got your product. Even though we sold it at break even you know, but it was just having that brand. Like, can you imagine if every single person that smokes shisha in the UK, they've got our product and they know that. And I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but I told my business partner, we'll do something with it in the future. <laughs> so then by the time we hit our thirties, we, we set up our own cafe, but people know the brand already. Yeah. And so people start coming. <clears throat> and now that we've got a bit more money to invest in and we release it, people start buying those products. Now we start buying in, in, in mass amounts and we can start selling on Amazon and, and things like that, right? So that's key as well. This, uh, going back to your question, Kia, is when you're in your early 20s, um, and Camilla asked me this as well the, the other day, I would say 100% establish a brand as well. So it's amazing what you guys are sharing and, and like my mind is blown right now. One thing <laughs> that did come up for me was the love of the journey. Um, mm. And it's really something that you're kind of like looking back on and, and yeah. thinking like, wow, yeah, that was great. So yeah. what comes to mind for me is really like um, Nadim shared earlier, one of the things that he's really, he really wants to share is just like believing in yourself. Yeah. And, and that just stood out for me. It's like, what is it? Like, what is it that, that we should be looking at as young people that we will want to take those steps? Cause those are big steps, you know, like investing our money. Yeah. You know, Cause I feel like, something that I've really had to learn to develop is my relationship with money. Um, and how, like, for example, I've done a few, not a few, I've done a personal development course. And the first time I heard the price, it was just like, yeah, that's, that's a lot. I was 19 at the time. I had a part-time job. I was at university. I think I was earning like eight pound 14 or something ridiculous. And for me, it didn't compute in my head to how I was going to first earn that mass amount of money. And then how I was just going to use it on like a course that wasn't going to last long and not knowing like it was, if it was going to be beneficial. Yeah. So what is it that you guys would recommend in terms of like believing in yourself, what yeah. you should be looking into or investing into? Yeah. Um, can I say something there? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Um, so again, it's your values. Like, what do you value at the moment? Like, what is it like? The it's like anything. It's like return on investment, right? That course was going to have a return on investment. Obviously, you go through that phase where you just don't believe in yourself. And the way we tend to think we need to go, we're either people pleasing, or we're trying to prove people, or we're trying to prove other people wrong, or we're trying to prove that we're good enough, or we can do it because someone said you can't do it. The problem with doing it from either of those spaces is that you're never going to be fulfilled because you're not in here. You're out there with those people. And you're doing it for completely the wrong reasons. Like it's got nothing to do with you. You're just doing it because that person said, you can't, you're not going to ever be a really great project manager in construction. And I was like, well, I'll show you, <laughs> you know, and then you go on a mission to like prove it and you'd be really successful at it. You'd be really great at it. But then you're sitting there like depressed, like, oh, I'm not happy. Like, why am I not happy? You know, because you just did it for the wrong reasons. So this is where like personal development is so huge, right? Because it does help you connect to who you want to be in life. So you're not coming from those spaces. You're actually coming from who you want to be. So personal development is something I would highly recommend people like, you know, young people invest in because it's so easy to get distracted by all the stuff out there. Like, like you said, it's filtering. You can then filter it based on who you're being. Like, who do you want to be in your life? You filter it accordingly. And then you will, it's amazing how you will attract the right things. You'll just attract the right courses, the right people. Everyone just turns up. Everything just turns up. Absolutely what Jagger's echoed. 100% personal development. Like, don't even think about it. Don't, look, if you're going to trust me on one thing, and if you're going to trust the credibility that I've built in this podcast, just, and if you like anything about me, just 
trust me on this one thing is just invest in personal development. Okay. Just grab a little bit and just do it. If you spent zero on personal development in your whole life, good luck. You know, like seriously, good luck. You're either born with somehow being some sort of genius or your parents are absolute gurus around it. And it just happens. You're relying too much on a coincidence down here. Yeah. You know? So just put yourself in a position where you're kind of guaranteed to kind of get this success. So that's one thing that just, um, absolutely what Jack said. The question uh, that you were saying, Camilla, was, was believe in yourself. That's, um, so there's two parts to this. One is um, uh, no, one's, no one's better. You're not better than anyone, right? Mm. That's one thing I want to tell people is to really humble yourselves. You're not, you're not better than anyone, okay? Mm. So, so that's one thing to the side. The second thing, right, to that is no one's better than you as well, okay? And that's what I really want people to really get here is, you know, sometimes, especially at a young, in my early 20s, I would look at people and be like, this guy's so clued on, I ain't got a clue. Some people could be looking at me right now and being like, this guy's so clued on with his shares and stuff. Even when he was in his 20s, I ain't got a chance. And what I want to tell people is, is like, I'm not better than you. I promise you, it may occur that way that I'm, I'm really clued up on this stuff and this, that, and the other. But I can promise you, if you put in the effort, right, you learn it. You will outsmart me any day, right? It's just, it's just the way that it's occurring for you. And it's the same way somewhere else. You might be doing like a university degree. Someone puts their hand up and goes like, oh, and answers the question. You're like, oh, this guy comes from like a really like, you know, silver spoon type background and I don't and this, that and the other. You know what? This, this person's way clever. Like I'm not good enough. It's like that is what I say is, is believe in yourself. Okay. And it's something that Jag and, and Camille, I know you guys would agree with me. It's the world of performance. If you do the work, if you study, you do the past exam papers and you do all that kind of stuff, you'll be like one of the top students. That's it. It doesn't matter about what someone knows right now. Okay. You've got mm. three months till your exam's coming up. Don't worry about it. You put in the effort and you'll be better than them. It doesn't matter what background you're from, who you are or anything like that, or what head start people have had. And yeah. that's what I'll say about believing in yourself. I remember um, the head of science in our school, he had, uh, he, he was a genius, by the way, lovely guy. And he had uh, two, um, two kids who were, who were also my age, roughly around my age. We were studying for GCSEs at that time. And, but it was, uh, he got like straight A's. And I was like, holy crap. And then I was like, you know what? His son has been probably revising for five years for these exams. And I haven't even started. And I've got about six months left. Right. And I was like, I don't know what to do. Anyway, I had a friend of mine who's now very successful. I was give a shake, shake, shake um, a shout out to Bagheera. That's his name. He's, he's an artist right now as well. He's in properties as well, and he's he's doing great. And he always had this mindset. He came knocking on my door. I remember this. I opened the door. I'm like, hey man, what's up? And he's like, look, we're we're gonna study for science. I'm like, yeah, bro, we're gonna go like six months. I know people. I mean, studying for years. We ain't gonna make it. You know, we're probably gonna get like whatever. You know. And he's like, nah, just 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 do the work and let's just try it. And I'm like, you know what? The guy's got a point. You know. So he's like, look, come to my house every day. And let's study together and we'll have a bit of fun as well. I'm like, okay, yeah, cool, let's do that. So I went to his house every single day, nonstop. If not, he was on the phone to me and we just studied together and we had a great time. And we did the past papers and I swear we literally hacked them. Like we knew what the examiner was going to write next because it got to that point and we started enjoying it. I kid you not, right? I walk into, so we had three exams, right? Because it, it was science. I walk into the first exam, I'm in it, uh, I finished 20 minutes early and I'm like, something's wrong. In the second exam, I finished 40 minutes early, okay? In the third exam, I kid you guys not, I finished one hour, 20 minutes early. And I'm like, I have failed this. No way. Like, what the hell? I don't, why, this guy's still stressing. I'm looking around me and the guy's like still on halfway through his paper and I've finished it. And I'm like, what the hell? I've definitely done something wrong. Anyway, so um, go home and the exam's uh, results about to come out. I wake up late and I'm like, don't even tell me my results, buddy. Like, I don't even want to be there right now, right? And he goes, no, Nadim, like, I, I got a sneak preview of your exam. You have to, like, see it. I'm like, oh, fine. So I go inside there. And for me, English was really my, my, my weakness. So I got a B in English, and I was well excited about that. And I was like, that's amazing. I've made it. But he goes, bro, have you seen your science result? I go, nah. And I look at it, and I get, like, A stars in everything. And he goes, they're saying that we got the highest in the school. Like, we beat, like, all the kids. I'm like, what? This is nuts. And obviously, then I went to, like, study physics and stuff. But I'm telling you, I used to be a thick one. Right? Like I'm telling you, my, 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 I had two types of teachers. One that said, you're going to fail it. One said, yeah. make it. You know, standard, right? I just want to give that to people. Is If yeah. I didn't have that friend, I don't know. I would have probably just been like, that guy's been studying for five years. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I've got six months. I'm not going to make it. Let me just settle for, for a seat, right? But that's one piece of advice that I really want to give the youth right now is believe in yourself. Don't worry about it. Look, that guy probably wasted five years of his life. Who cares? You know what I'm saying? Maybe you only need like five months to study. Who knows, right? And look, obviously it's good to carry on studying, but don't worry about it. If people have got a head start, you can outpace them. Yeah. I know I ramble onto this, but it, it was a very good question, Camilla. So, yeah. Brilliant. yeah. But it is doing the work, like it's yeah. doing the grafting, because no matter, you've got so many talented people there who just naturally talented, but if they're not doing the work, they're going to get left behind because they're just like thinking, well, I don't need to do anything. Yeah. Whereas the ones who know they've got to put the effort in and yeah. work harder, yeah. then you will get, like, everyone can get the same results, but it just depends how badly you want it. Yeah. Yeah. One, one thing that really stood out thinking of him was like start now like literally there is no time limit it's just start start now and also what I loved was how your friend supported you yeah and I guess it was that mutual understanding of listen bro I'm struggling I need your support or Mm -hmm. even he took that initiative of like I'm just gonna hold you down for this time because I know you need it and I think that's so crucial just in life in general which is it's so excellent is just sometimes you do need to hold each other's hands um, yeah. and not to a point where you're like lagging yourself but really mm. pushing each other forward like pulling yeah. each other to greatness yeah but i love 100%. that thank you so much but yeah just touch on um you guys um uh, talked about like branding so branding yourself and then being re- representation for others um i guess it's all about like having the confidence and communicating with others and you know building relationships with people, partnerships. Um, so what kind of like tips would you give, you know, young people who don't know much about self-branding or how to go about it? What is self-branding? Jake, do you want to start or shall I? Yeah, so with the self-branding, if it, because there's so many entrepreneurs out there, there's so many people who are doing their own consulting or their coaching or their influences. So the self-branding is really more for the self, right? Like it's actually, you are the brand. So it's so important. Again, it comes back down to, okay, what are your values? Like, why are you doing this? What, who is your ideal client? What are you doing for them? And how are you doing it? Right? So it's really important. Those three things are like key. And like, if you don't know who you're actually trying to be, like who you're trying to like influence or coach or, you know, provide a product for, then you're going to be a bit lost right so you need to know who you are in the first place who are you and who are you selling to what are you going to do and how are you going to do it then the other part of self-branding is like why are you doing it Like, how did you get to this place where you really want to do this for your ideal client like why is it suddenly like you're like you know what i really want to help these particular people and normally people have a story behind it so normally someone will have like i've been through the up and downs of business myself. I know every single business owner out there, um, whether you work for yourself or whether you have a team, has a story. Like we've all had to go through so many different hurdles to get to where we are. And so with my business, like I want to actually help them share their story, like not hide behind a product. I want them to be able to share that. So that's where I come from when I want to work with them. But the self-branding definitely it's like, who are you? Who's your, like, why, why are you the person that, you know, your ideal client is going to come to? Obviously, the other element of it is technical. You know, the technical part is like, you know, you can use YouTube, you can use Instagram, you can use videos, you can do lives. And it's like, what are you going to share? Like, what are you going to share in that social media? As a brand, what is going to be your consistent message for the people that you want to sell to? Like, that has to come out in all of your branding. That has to come out in your photos. That has to come out in your videos, in your lives. Is it all consistent with what you're trying to sell to your ideal client? Right? Is the message there? Like, you need to know what that message is. So, as a self, when you're self-branding, it it does require you to know who you are. Look at YouTube, okay? YouTube never made money, right? It was always in a debt right? But it had followers, okay? People were, the traffic on it was, was, was immense. And then Google came out and said, we'll buy you. I don't know how much they buy them, millions of pounds or whatever. That's how it is, right? You want to worry about like how many followers you can have. When I mean followers, I don't just necessarily mean like Instagram followers, because I know that's, that's a term now. It's mm-hmm. just generally people that trust your brand, know who you are, whatever. Instagram now is a beautiful platform because you've got numbers to prove it. You can prove like, look, I've got 10 million people following me right now for this brand. 
you've actually got a price for that. Don't look over the short term, like you get advert money and, and stuff like that. That's great. Yeah, if you get the residual income from it, adverts and all that stuff, yeah, that's brilliant. But you can sell that brand. Or you can even go up to someone if you're not even bothered to have your own car wash. You can say, I'll give you my Instagram page for this amount. You know, someone like me will definitely buy it. I'll be like, hell yeah, because I've got a kickstart straight away. I can kickstart my car wash, but I'll be like, look, are you willing to work for me as well though? You know, or be a 50, 50% business partner. And that's what I mean by brand. So I hope, I hope Jags and I really made that cleared up about, do you see what I'm saying? And, and, and Kia, you, you also had a question. How do you start up? And the question is, is this, there's no rule book to this. Just enjoy it. Okay. Just play with it. Yeah, yeah. Just play with it. Be careful with it. Just try it. You know, I think it's, it's knowing what it is like going for a brand that you like that's 100 percent. so that's definitely for youngsters out there i say if there's stuff that you're really into check it out research it say is that something i want to invest in because if i love it everyone else must love it and then you just kind of like set the goals as you go along like you just know i want to create something big it's just like whatever you're interested in start having fun with it because there's a really good chance that you'll do really well because you're so intrigued by it because you love it so much that is brilliant. Thank you so much for sharing that, guys. You know, one thing um, that that stands out is is really like creating an environment around you, yeah. where you know it's just not not necessarily driven, but it's I'm not driven for success, but the foundation of wanting to do something that's just more for others than just for yourself, and money not being the highlight, really stands yeah. out. So, how would you say? Um, for people that are starting their own businesses, like what are key things you should look for in a, in a business partner or um, anything like that? I'll let you answer that one, Nadim. Yeah, awesome. I, I can, uh, how long do I have, Camilla, is the question. <laughs> I knew you could answer that. <laughs> Holy crap. Um, I have learned from the hard way. I've been blessed the, the good way as well. Yeah. Business partners, it's, it's, it's a great question. So, um, okay. So one thing I, I used to always say to people as well is humans are creatures of habit. I can promise you that. Okay. When one guy, like, for example, I'm, I'm, I'm eyeing him up, you know, is he going to be my, my future business partner or not type thing? Okay. I start looking at what, and I used to do this early on, right? I used to look at like, how is he at his workplace? Right. Cause he's going to be a creature of habit. If he's a guy that's always complaining about his work, he's not getting promoted, always like moaning about his boss and, you know, like, gossiping and things like that then i know he's probably going to do the same in the business as well right like maybe like we're going to end up being like you know as you as your directors you're kind of each other's bosses and, and or partners and things like that right so it's like well, if he's not got that kind of skill to um to manage like management then maybe that's just a thing and obviously give people benefit of the doubt you know like some people might be just genuinely have a really like you know horrible boss and, and things like that but if you are noticing that's a bit of a pattern then that's a thing so that's one thing I used to always look out for. How is this person doing right now in their career? And how have they done? Are they quite successful? And do you see, like, that's their way of being. The other thing I used to look out for is, for example, um, people come to my house and we start talking about the future businesses that we're going to launch. I would see, like, how do they react, like, when they come to my house, for example, okay? So some people would come, and as I'm setting up, for example, a shisha pipe, which is like a smoking pipe, some would come and help me out right? They would help clean up. They would start making flavors, doing all that kind of stuff. And I'd be like, okay, great. This person is a grafter. That works for me. Do you know? Some people just sit back and, and as if like, I get it. Obviously, like they are my guests. They are, they are in my house. But at the end of the day, we're only doing because we don't have an office. So we're just using like my house, you know, as, as kind of like the office space, space. So that's my thing as well is I was like, I want a business partner that when I'm doing something, they just there, like by my side, willing even if they don't know what's going on they just by my side rather than just you know like kind of just like relaxing and stuff about it so again it's always take everything with a pinch of salt and just see how it is like for the first time yeah they might not help you out you know um the second time they might not but if you've had 10 meetings and, and this guy just always is just kind of sitting back and, and never really helps you out while you're doing stuff i'm not talking about your own personal stuff you know like like moving your, your carpets or anything like that i'm talking about stuff that's related to your business then that could be a bit of a red flag. But maybe you don't mind like that. But for me, I want grafters around me as well. Because I know that when times, for example, like this, the coronavirus, you know, comes out, I know I've got a bunch of grafters with me, you know, and, and they're happy just to, 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 to get their hands dirty 
and get things done. The other thing I would say, which is absolutely key, I wouldn't worry too much about how much knowledge they know, rather how your relationship is with them. Okay, you could have someone that is an absolute genius in, let's just say it was a car wash business. So I love going back to that example. And so for example, someone like knows all the chemicals and blah, 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 and all that kind of stuff, but, it's, but you just can't get along with them. They may be like really egotistic. They're being that way, you know, being really egotistic or they're just being really stubborn. I would say ditch it. It's just not going to work out. What's key right now, I would, I would say to people is, is your relationship. Because look, your car wash business could be closed right now because of coronavirus. That guy could have all the brilliance and excellence, right? But when push comes to shove, you need that person that's going to be your support. Like, mate, you'll be okay. You know, and then starts being a bit more creative as well. Be like, all right, what else can we do? Maybe we can provide uh, car wash services to people's homes, right? Rather than them coming, we go there, we self-isolate and we can have it. You know, you want someone like that, that, you know, you really enjoy working with. I would say now that we've gone through a coronavirus pandemic, see that, see like, okay, this person was my business partner and we went through this again. Would I be happy that this person is my business partner? How would they react to it? You know, would they start getting greedy with it and start pulling out all the money from the business? Or would they be like, okay, let's do this, let's do it. Would they be creative with it? See it like that, you know? And that's key for longevity of business. And one, one quote that my, and I can't take credit for this, my business partner told me, he said, wars aren't lost from external forces, they're lost from uh, internal forces. And that is the same thing with a business. Mm. A business does not crumble because of like competition and stuff that came out from the outside. It's internally, management, the way it was dealt with just crumbled. So yeah, I hope that really kind of, gives people a bit of an insight on how to choose like your right business partner. And it's a very good question and it's key. Okay. Yeah. Just remember it's, it's, it's internally what will make your business successful or not successful. So it's very important yeah. to choose them wisely. So it's important to know what you're looking for because then it makes it so much easier to know if it's the right person or not. And sometimes you do want someone who has the technical ability and that person doesn't have to be a business partner. That could be someone you outsource. Do you know what I mean? So sometimes you do need that technical ability. I have people who are in mine who, and they're outsourced. They're not in my business. They're not a business partner. I outsource those. Um, so I deal with them in regards to the specifics and that's it. They're not actually in my business. Um, so yeah, just know what it is that you're looking for and then it makes it easier as well. Yeah. So well, I'm really, really just want to acknowledge both of you for this podcast, by the way, as well. Like, you know, it's really, really great to see such young, like that you're trying to inspire other young uh, the younger generation so that they they can do like maximize on their life really and not just be held back by things like the corona which is what corona yeah thank you again um, i've learned a lot still like every time more knowledge more knowledge i just feel every time we have these discussions about personal development i'm just like yes after this i've got to do this 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 uh, but yes, thank you again, guys, for joining me and Camilla on this podcast. Um, and I'm sure you guys inspired so many your, our young audience who are listening um, and watching it even. So yeah, thank you very much for that. And I kind of just want to end it on, so we did this last week, maybe like a favorite book or a favorite quote, like something to inspire people. I have one, actually. So you, you suggested your book, but if you've got anything else... Yeah. Oh, that's not my favorite book though. That's one I'm reading on investing at the moment. Okay. My favorite book, which completely changed my life, which really, really, um, like I read it so many times that I had to quit my job. <laughs> like I just, I just knew that I wasn't living the life that I wanted to live. And this book, I read it like about, God, I must've read it about four times in about three months. And, um, it, it gave me the courage to actually take myself on. Um, so it's a really important, important book in my life. It's called the untethered soul and it's by a guy, a guy called Michael Singer. And, um, I have it on audible and I listen to it all the time and I just pick random chapters and somehow it's always the right chapter. Like I need to listen to that chapter at the time. Um, but it's full of golden nuggets. It's an amazing book. So yeah, the untethered soul by Michael Singer. Yeah. Thank you so much. Jack. Brilliant. Yeah, I want to say a quote from uh, Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. Um, obviously, very inspirational. If, as you can obviously imagine, so many followers of the Islamic faith. And one thing that he said is, just remember, we are travelers in this world. You know, we came with nothing and we're going to leave with nothing as yeah. well. Right now, you can extract that in so many different ways. 
like just have fun with it right be good be the best version of yourself is is what i would say you know so like don't be so stuck and make it so significant about mm. the world you know just enjoy it so that at least like you know as a traveler you're you're, you're going to come to an end you know the journey is going to end right can you look back and say oh that was great amazing journey you know proud of it i'm out so yeah that's mine i love it thank you so much guys i hope you have thank a you your day and thank you again for taking out a whole hour and a half of your day to really share with us and like like you said golden pure golden nuggets here pure mm. golden nuggets i'm so excited to watch this back and really just write stuff down i love writing stuff down so thank you again Lovely. thank you girls so much guys thank you thank you